All right, good evening. We will call the City Council meeting for Monday, November 20th, 2023 to order. Please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The clerk will take the roll. Council members Fleming, Larson. Here. Masolio. Here. Newland. Here. Robertson. Here. Soroya. Here. Mayor Sanders. Here. All right. Thank you all for joining us here this evening. I uh, don't think we have any awards or presentations on the agenda this evening. So we will start with communications, which is an opportunity for counselor staff to provide any announcements or updates that they have for the good of the public. Are there any communications at this time? Seeing and hearing none, I will say uh, a huge congratulations to the Centennial Cougars football team uh, who just uh, made their way to state. We'll be playing now under the lights at U.S. Bank Stadium here coming up. Uh, so a huge, huge deal. Huge congratulations uh, to one of our schools. Uh, really proud of all those players. A really cool accomplishment taking out uh, Lakeville South, I think it was. So way to, way to do it, Centennial Cougars. And uh, Best of luck, bring home that championship. All right, uh, we'll move along in the agenda to the open forum. The open forum is an opportunity for members of the public to present an issue or concern to the city council. There's a maximum of 15 minutes set aside for the uh, open forum, and each presentation should be limited to no more than three minutes. Uh, if your item requires follow-up from the city staff, staff will arrange for that follow-up and will contact you to let you know what is being done. Uh, we do have two items on the public hearing this evening, so if you're here for either one of those issues, you can wait until the public hearing time to speak on those issues. Uh, so the open form would be on any other uh, agenda items or issues. That being said, does anyone have anything to participate in the open forum here this evening? Good evening. Welcome. Hi, my name is Ashley. I actually live in Brooklyn Park, but I'm sure many of you are familiar with me by now. In May of this year, the council received information from our Go Humane Bling Coalition highlighting misinformation being spewed by a local business owner. The owner of Four Paws and a Tail Pet Store has stated on more than one occasion and as recently as a week ago online that the public themselves to make sure that they are above USDA requirements. I want to start by stating that the USDA requirements are merely survival standards. There are many loopholes when it comes to inspections, and there aren't nearly enough inspectors for how many facilities need to be regularly inspected. Just last year, top animal welfare officials at the USDA were subpoenaed by a federal grand journey jury to ask why they not only failed to take action when they knew that thousands of beagles were being mistreated for years, but why they went as far as to cover up this mistreatment. Moving on to Blaine, state records that we have obtained show that Titus Yoder, the Wisconsin breeder that Four Paws and a Tail purchased 314 puppies from in just over a year and a half, failed two USDA inspections in 2021. The findings included lack of health, welfare, and comfort, lack of enrichment, lack of cleaning and sanitation, lack of rabies vaccination, and lack of adequate cooling. Hearing this, it shouldn't come as a surprise that a man that you heard from during public forum earlier this year, whose 
puppy died four days after purchase from four paws and a tail came from this very breeder in January of this year. Other breeders that the store have purchased many puppies from have been noted for lack of sanitary food bowls, delayed waste removal, lack of veterinary care, excessive urine odor, improper flooring, and dogs observed limping with swelling and bruising. Are these conditions that the council condones keeping dogs in? Is it okay because it's bringing money to Blaine? Do you all feel comfortable letting people purchase puppies in this city knowing the conditions that these breeding dogs are forced to live in until their production declines and then they're sent to slaughter? I really hope not. I highly encourage you to pass the Humane Pet Store Ordinance and stop allowing puppy mill dogs to continue being sold here in Blaine. For those listening who are outraged, please sign our petition at GoHumaneBlaine.com. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else here this evening that wishes to participate in the open forum? All right. Seeing no one rush up to the podium. Uh, okay, one more. Sure, go ahead. Hi, my name is Kales Campbell, and I reside at 632 100th Court, Northeast Blaine, Minnesota, 55434. And having lived in this community for 20 years, I stand before you today to voice some concerns regarding specific actions related to the mayor's business interests and how they might be affecting the governance of our city. Firstly, I wish to highlight the situation with the ballpark, a business venture partly owned by the mayor, which was recently brought before this council. There was notable confusion regarding whether this matter had been reviewed by the Planning Commission, raising questions about the clarity and fairness of how decisions are made in our city. The limited notice given to the public about the council meeting agenda on this matter prevented a thorough community discussion. This lack of transparency became more concerning when it was revealed during the meeting that the mayor had a financial interest in the ballpark. Our concerns- Point of order. Mr. Mayor, point of order. Councilmember Masolia. I believe these comments uh, are kind of accusatory and a direct attack on the mayor, and we are going to have a public hearing, so I feel like these comments should wait until the public hearing. Okay, thank you, Councilmember Masolia. I'll let you finish. you got about a minute left. Okay. Our concerns are further amplified by the development of a new sports entertainment district, including a major baseball stadium, which is receiving significant financial investment from the city. The involvement of the developer, who is a personal acquaintance of the mayor in this project, raises questions about potential conflicts of interest. In light of these concerns, we request a thorough investigation into the following matters. The potential use of public resources for personal benefit by the mayor, the ethical considerations surrounding the mayor's financial gain in re relation to his official duties, the process by which the mayor's projects were approved, especially when compared to proposals from other residents, the nature of the mayor's relationship with the developer of the sports entertainment district and any potential advantages gained. Our goal as residents is to make sure that our city's governance is guided by transparency and accountability. It's vital that you give these issues your dedicated attention to maintain our community's integrity. I appreciate your consideration of these important issues. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else here that wishes to participate in the open forum this evening? All right. Seeing none, I will close the open forum at this point in time, and we'll move along in the agenda to the approval of the consent agenda. 
All items listed on the consent agenda are considered to be routine in nature and will be enacted by one motion. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless a citizen member of staff or council member so requests, in which case it will be removed from the consent agenda and, and replaced uh, on its normal sequence of the agenda. With that being said, uh, members, I'll accept a motion, please. Move it. Second. Moved by council member Newland, second by council member Robertson. Any questions or discussion to the consent agenda? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of approval of the consent agenda, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion prevails. Next up on the public hearings is agenda item 9.1. Uh, this is a public hearing around approval of the renewal of the currency exchange licenses, and we will turn things over to our city clerk. Thank you, Mayor and City Council. Uh, before you are two uh, applications for renewal of currency exchange licenses for the Minnesota Department of Commerce for two locations in Blaine, uh, your exchange at 10545 University Avenue and Al's check cashing at 14394 Lane Northeast. Um, the renewals uh, request were forwarded to the Blaine Police Department for review. No items of concern have been raised. Um, Again, the, license is, uh, the licenses are issued by the Department of Commerce, but um, allow uh, the city to provide an opportunity for public comment and um, uh, support of uh, license renewal. So request that you open a public hearing, ask for any uh, public comment, close the public hearing, and then uh, act on the license renewals. Excellent. Thank you very much for that uh, presentation. At this point in time, we will open the public hearing on agenda item 9.1, which is renewal of currency exchange licenses. Is there anyone here this evening that wishes to participate in the public hearing on agenda item 9.1? All right, I don't see anyone racing to get up here. Uh, so we'll go ahead and close the public hearing on agenda item 9.1. Members, I will accept a motion on uh, the renewal of the currency exchange licenses. Move it. Second. Moved by Council Member Newland and seconded by Council Member Masolia. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Next item up on the agenda is a public hearing around agenda item 9.2. Uh, I do have a ownership interest in the underlying business, so I'm going to recuse myself at this time and pass the gavel to the mayor pro tem. That's right. Y'all are stuck with me now. We'll let you scoot out. Again, before council is a public hearing on item number 9-2, granting a resolution for conditional use permit. I'll go ahead and turn it over to you, Sheila, and you can give us all the deets. All right, thank you, Mayor thank Pro you, Tem. Uh, the applicant is um, an entity called The Ballpark. They are looking to locate at 1065 Baltimore Street. They're requesting a conditional use permit amendment for outdoor dining in or, I'm sorry, they received a conditional use permit for outdoor dining and indoor rec recreation, um, that's for the ballpark, uh, on March 20th of 2023. They are requesting an amendment to change the location of the outdoor dining to the west side of the building and to add live entertainment to their venue. Just a little bit on the history and the process. Um, the, applicant was, the application was sum submitted uh, on February 27th of 2023 for the proposed use of the outdoor dining. That's what was approved on in March. 
Uh, conditional use permits are typically transmitted to the Planning Commission for review prior to consideration by the Council. However, our City Code, Section 27.04E8, indicates zoning administrator may transmit the application directly to the City Council to hold the public hearing following the notice procedure outlined in 27.04E3-5 through 5 of the Zoning Code. Um, typically, this is done when there are no residential properties within the notification area and when the use is um, going into an existing building. The notification area is 350 feet from the subject site. Um, this also provides uh, customer service to businesses who may be on a timeline to start work and or occupy the space. Um, we have done this 28 times in the past three years. A public hearing was held following all notice protocol on March 20th of 2023. The applicant was the only speaker at this public hearing. The council approved the condition use program for indoor, indoor recreation use and outdoor dining on March 20th. The applicant is requesting an amendment to this conditional use permit and the same procedure is being followed as what we've previously done. The public hearing is being held tonight at city council. Um, the property is zoned um, Plan Business District. The surrounding properties are also zoned um, Plan Business District. So this is in the building that has Fun Lab and Planet Fitness. They're looking to locate the last space in this building. Um, in the Plan Business District, all uses require a conditional use permit. Uh, the site plan shows the original scenario, um, which is on the orange side, and that was where the original patio was proposed, and that was 2,700 square feet. Um, the amendment that's for you tonight is relocating that patio on this side of the building um, and that also reducing it to 2,350 square feet. Uh, in addition to that relocation, um, because our conditional use permit was specific to the location orange, so therefore they need the amendment to uh, relocate and to reduce the size. And then they are all also asking um, the ability to have indoor and outdoor live entertainment. Um, the nearest residential property is over 1,000 feet away, and it's across Highway 65. A condition of approval is that outdoor activity must comply with the noise ordinance. This is a typical condition that we apply to all of our live entertainment conditional use permits. A quick parking analysis is the site is uh, very well parked for the uses. Um, there's 330 stalls on the property. 196 are required for the current um, tenants and 118 stalls would be required for the ballpark. So 133 are available once you do all the math. Uh, so parking is adequate for their proposal. Um, staff recommends approval with nine conditions listed in the staff report. Uh, we have the standard outdoor dining conditions related to noise, litter, and a SAC payment. When you have outdoor dining, you have to pay additional fees. Um, music, including live entertainment, must comply with our noise ordinance, uh, which is um, relates to distance and um, time of the evening. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Perfect. Thank you, Sheila, for that report. At this time, I'm going to go ahead and open the public hearing. We typically don't have this many people in here for an open hearing, so I will say this, although we may not all be on the same page, I do expect everyone to be respectful, please and thank you, with our comments, so let's make sure that whether we're on the same page or not, we're respectful. So on that note, let's go ahead and open this public hearing. And when you do step up, please make sure you state your name and address for the record. Hi, my name is Ryan Makem. I live at uh, 3151 117th Lane Northeast. Um, I just wanted to voice my support for the ballpark project and the CUP amendment. Um, this is the type of project 
and requests that we should be supporting in Blaine, believe it's that it supports small business, it's family oriented sports activities, um, and it fits in with the neighboring businesses and brings an investment to a property that uh, has had vacancies for years. Um, we've actually already heard earlier uh, tonight that there's been some discussion about the mayor's involvement. Uh, with or without the mayor's involvement, this is a project to support. However, I do firmly support the mayor's financial investment in the city. Um, I think it's another visible example of the mayor's commitment to the city and really only amplifies his uh, public service. So, thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Good evening. Uh, my name is Michael Jordan. I live at 2982 Aspen Lake Drive Northeast in Blaine. Uh, I've lived in the northern suburbs my entire life. My wife and I have lived in Blaine for the past 18 years. We have four kids, two off to college, two in uh, Spring Lake Park schools still. So we're a big, uh, big fan of Blaine. Love the northern suburbs. Uh, and candidly, we're not going anywhere. We want to see Blaine continue to grow. We want to see investment to be continued in the area. And a project like this is exactly what the city needs. It gives people like me and my family more opportunity to stay in Blaine, to bring our dollars, uh, to keep our dollars in Blaine for entertainment, for, uh, for dining, for retail. And so we're very much in support of this proposal. We've set the right foundation in Blaine uh, with the National Sports Center, the 3M Open, uh, recent growth in restaurants, uh, but we need to do more. Residents want and expect more. Um, those of us that live in, in some of the areas that have grown over the past 10 or 15 years, we're senior business executives, we're small business owners, uh, and we want to keep our money here in the city, and we want to continue to have a reason to stay in Blaine. So I continue to support this opportunity. Uh, I support the mayor and his leadership, uh, the leadership of the council in the Highway 65 project. Uh, everything that we're doing is in the right direction for the long term with Blaine, and I just ask the council to consider to keep that five to ten year plus uh, roadmap ahead of us. So thank you. Thank you, Michael. Good evening. My name is Oblin Smith, and I'm a resident of 9564 Monroe Street, Northeast Blaine, Minnesota. I attended elementary, middle, and high school in Blaine, so being home, it is a city that I care about very deeply. Um, tonight, I'm here to talk about the fact that Blaine residents are raising concerns about conflicts of interest, preferential treatment, and the lack of transparency involving the mayor's personal business dealings with the city. In March 2023, the ballpark, a business in which the mayor has ownership interest, came before the city council for consideration. At least two council members thought it had already gone to planning commission, but it had not. It is unclear who decides whether or not a project goes to the planning commission and how much influence the mayor has in that decision. The agenda was published only a few days before the meeting, and no one from the community spoke at the public hearing. Many did not know that the mayor had ownership interest in the business until the meeting itself. It passed unanimously with only four council members voting, as one council seat was open, one council member was out of the country, and the mayor abstained from the vote. The mayor signed his own CUP. The concerns around the mayor's personal financial interest in the ballpark extended to the new sports entertainment district nearby. The project includes a major baseball stadium, in which the city is investing millions, allegedly from bonds and taxpayer dollars. 
The developer for the stadium and New Sports Entertainment District is the mayor's friend, allegedly someone he went to high school with. It is unclear if the mayor has any financial interest in the new baseball stadium, but it is, appears that the mayor's baseball-themed restaurant and batting cages may be an extension of that project. Issues that we residents of Blaine want investigated are, one, the possible misuse of public funds via staff time on behalf of the mayor, two, ethical questions of the mayor's personal financial gain as it relates to his office and these business deals, Three, improper use of office slash abuse of power in that other viable residents were allegedly rejected in favor of the mayor's proposals and for the mayor being friends with the developer and what he stands to gain from this deal. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to speak at the public hearing? Yeah, please come on up. No, go ahead. Hi, Don Quayton. Um, Flanders Circle is where I'm moving. That's why I'm dressed like this. My wife and I just came here, so I don't have the address yet. Uh, but we bought it, and we're going to be living back in Blaine. I moved, or I first moved here many, many years ago to North Oaks West, um, which I thought Blaine was the place and best, and it's worked out well for me. I lived in Ramsey for the last twenty some years. I moved back to Blaine because I want to have more activities to do. I know what this town's about. I've seen it for how many years? I remember when Fran Fogarty was the mayor, Al Tinklenberg, Tom Ryan, the Honorable. Tim is doing a great job here. I, I don't know what we're talking about here tonight. He's just opening a business. He's just part of it. He's not the one that's running it or doing anything else. I think he's doing his civic duty. I don't think we should be judging a person on what they invest in. They have that right. I own Village Bank. I finance this. I've checked these people out. This is a great group of people. They're keeping it locally financed. So I, I just, I, I don't know what we're talking about because I think that this is great to have more businesses in the community. Because the mayor wants to grow in his financial condition because he's able to, we shouldn't be judging people on that. We should be applauding him because he believes and wants to be part of this community. I just think that whoever, jealousy does nobody any good in life. It doesn't. So thank you. And Brian, I want to say thank you to you and your police department for always being there for all of us. And thank you. It means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else want to participate in the public hearing on this matter. Please come on up. Hello, hello. My name is Nate Reich. I am, uh, I live at 312217 117th Avenue in Blaine. I'm a husband, father to two amazing daughters. I'm a local builder, developer, mortgage business owner here in Blaine. And I'm here to support local businesses, okay? Local businesses support my business, and they support my family. So I'm here in favor of the ballpark. This will be another reason why our city of Blaine attracts new families and retains them. Most of you may not know, but in August of 1986, 
the city of Blaine approved my building as the, previ the previous owner, the batting cage. So 1986, it's been a long time since a company has been like this in Blaine. A company doesn't come around very often. It's pretty cool that my building, I still have a picture of it. I'm still trying to find the baseballs up in the ceiling. There's uh, softballs, baseballs, it's pretty unique. Um, I can only imagine the nets hanging from the ceiling when kids were taking batting practices in my building. Like I said, businesses don't come around like this very often. Lastly, I recently saw a social media post that a city council person foolishly and inaccurately described this project, the approval process. It seemed like they didn't know what was going on. They do not understand their role or the process here, okay? It's embarrassing, very embarrassing. Embarrassing. I'm upset. I'm concerned where our city's going with this person on city council. And I'm not gonna name names, they know who they are. Now take for granted, I'm passionate about my city. I'm, I'm commonly called the nice Nate, but tonight, I'm gonna swing back. I'm gonna speak up. Again, I'm a business owner that's upset. Working for the ward that you represent should not be about self-promotion, smearing others on the board, especially those that are interested in your city to put money in your city. I'm happy to provide you with the social media feed that I witnessed and many of you guys shared. The city council person is an anti-development, anti-business, and always plays the victim card every time. Even after tonight, we'll play the victim card. This person always votes against the majority, against families looking to better themselves and common sense. This person's on the wrong side of the vote a majority of the time. City council person, you know who I'm referring to? In my opinion, anti-business means you're anti-blame. Looking forward to the ballpark. Have a good night. Hello, everyone. Can I speak here if I'm from Columbia Heights? Is that allowed? Yeah, if you're here regarding this okay. item in particular, you're I am. most welcome. I am. Yeah, please just state your name and address for the record. And sure, my name is Ed Higgins. You. My address is 4041 Washington Street Northeast. Thanks, Ed. Uh, Columbia Heights, Minnesota. Nate opened his baseball cages in 1986. That's pretty much where baseball is. Um, there's like 800,000 baseball parks in America when the most popular sport in the world right now is soccer. What are we, what are we doing? We're literally investing in a new baseball stadium here? There's like 800. I don't see anybody playing at all around the area. I just think it's silly. I think it's silly to attack people because they want to do better. I think it's silly because to attack people because they want transparency. Like, what? The, the, the mayor should not be making money off of businesses that are going into their city. This is public service. This is not, well, maybe it is. It's 2023 and everybody's making money off public service. It's, it's disgusting, really. Um, so that's all I have to say. I, I appreciate business. I'm a business owner myself. I love the fact that we just went legal cannabis. I'm a cannabis marketer. 
But like baseball? Really? <laughs> More investments in baseball. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Okay, before we move on with additional dialogue, can we try to keep the subject matter to the conditional use permit that's before council, please, and thank you. The baseball item is actually an agenda item that's coming up here, and there is a ton of context and dialogue that I think would help give a little bit more facts-based context to random ballpark, no pun intended, ballpark comments about ballparks. Hi, my name is uh, Chris Masolia. I live at 821 129th Lane Northeast, Blaine, Minnesota. I am also on the city council. Um, but I, I, I felt like I had to add my voice as a citizen of Blaine separately from my comments as a council member because this is really sad that you guys are using this issue to smear the mayor. You know, and you say it's about transparency, but we had a public hearing about this back in March. And if you really wanted transparency, ask staff. Call staff and ask about how things go to the planning commission. Ask about how conditional use permits work. Because you're picking this issue, but <laughs> there's literally no substance to this. There's literally no substance to this at all. I own a business in Blaine. Councilmember Newland owns a business in Blaine. Councilmember Larson owns a business in Blaine. Councilmember Fleming owns a business in Blaine. At different times, we all recuse ourselves, and that's what Tim did in March. He went, walked around, sat down, and recused himself. And you guys are saying that you're seeking transparency, but you're, you're not seeking the truth. This is such a, a clear issue of how things work in city government and it's really unfortunate that you're picking this issue of all issues just to slime somebody because you don't like them. It's really sad. Hi. Whoops, is your mic on? Push the little button. There you go. Yeah, name and address for the record, please. Thank Good you. Good evening. My name is John Pitzel. I live at 3133 120th Court, Northeast in Blaine. I have four boys, and I'm here tonight on behalf of my family and my boys. Places like the ballpark are a gathering place for everyone in our community, and I'm one of the largest, one of the largest proponents of our community. Before any event or after, whether it's church or uh, a graduation party, a hockey game, a baseball game, a wrestling match. Families gather, and this place sounds like a great place to gather. I tried to take our family down to the new Smash Park in Roseville this weekend. I couldn't even get a reservation. It was a three-week wait, and we were going to bring four other families. We had a hockey game in Roseville. We were going to go out after with our, our Blaine families. So I'm also here as a large proponent of small business. I'm the managing partner of an accounting firm. Part of our mission is that we contribute chargeable hours at no charge to small business. And I believe that everyone in America should have the ability to own a small business. Now, should it be done at an arm's length? Absolutely. And here it seems like the process has been followed. So as a proponent of small business, I would love to see Mr. Sanders, just like other members of, of the council, have the ability to own 
a property in Blaine, and on behalf of my children, I'd really like to see this project go through, and on behalf of our community, create another great place for us to gather together. Thank you. Thank you, John. All right, would anyone else like to participate? Yeah, please, come on up. Hi, my name's Ryan Briggs. I live on 2975 117th Avenue, Blaine. And I've been here since 2010, and about two young boys, I'm not so young anymore, but spent uh, 12 years coaching baseball, a couple years coaching basketball, and I'm a firm believer in youth sports, and I'm now on the uh, Spring Lake Park Baseball Association. I can tell you there is a need for a facility like this, so why invest in baseball? Yeah, it's needed. It gives kids an opportunity. We as an organization would utilize it. So everything that I can see, and I'm not an expert on conditional use permits, but from what I see and the stuff that was presented, it seems like everything was handled accordingly. The mayor recused himself from the vote. There's no reason he should not be allowed to own a business in Blaine from my perspective as a citizen. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. I may be a familiar face to a few of you. My name is Heidi Green, and I live at 2826 Aspen Lake Drive. Uh, my husband and I uh, own and operate a dental practice here in Blaine. And just really quickly, I, too, want to... I'd like to bring it back to the conditional use permit and just say that I don't see any reason to not be in favor of this. I'm also very in favor of this council. Um, to suggest that there's a lack of transparency doesn't just attack the mayor, it attacks the council and the city. And as a business owner, um, that isn't good for any one of us. There hasn't been a lack of transparency for this, and when this was introduced tonight, I think that was made abundantly clear. So to the developers that are looking at Blaine for opportunities, they're still here in the council. Um, I would encourage all of you to continue working on our behalf um, to sell Blaine to these developers. Um, we want these things. There's resident desired amenities that are still needed here in Blaine, and I know you guys want those things for us as residents and business people. And to bring it back again to the conditional use permit, there's abundant evidence why we should be in favor of this. Thank you. Thank you. Come on down. Thank you. Uh, my name is Mike Ogile. I'm a resident in Blaine at 2474 Tournament Players Circle South. I've lived here for 22 years, raised four boys. Youth sports has been a big part of our life. Um, anything that can encourage more investment in Blaine and if it surrounds family and youth sports, I'm in favor of it. My wife and I recently purchased a business in Blaine um, and more investment in this community is needed. There's no question. I'll, I'll echo what Heidi said a thousand times over. If we can attract more developers in this town, let's bring them. Um, the, the, the amenities that are available to us in Blaine are, are growing, but in 22 years, it's certainly been slow. Um, so conditional use permits aside, um, let's invest in Blaine. Um, I'm all in favor. Thank you. Thank you. 
Good evening. My name is Mike Welch. I'm at 2781 103rd Court. Councilmember Robertson, how much time do I have? Sir, this is a public hearing, not an open forum, so you have unlimited time, as does every other participant. Uh, I'm pro-business, I'm pro-Blaine, and there are some people that are still pro-baseball. Um, that is me. Um, pro-baseball, uh, because I, I, too, have four boys. Uh, I've coached, like Ryan, for over 10 years. Um, I think what's being lost in this is the physical and mental well-being of the young men and women that play this game and any uh, business that will um, attract more kids to en enrich their physical and mental well-being, I'm all for. Uh, I'm pro-business because I think that having business in the city of Blaine is good for everyone. And most importantly, I'm pro-Blaine. Uh, I trust in this council to make the right decision. And I trust that this council has heard everything and uh, understands both sides of the issue here, uh, whether you're for or against it uh, and the at issues at hand. And we'll make the smart decision because this council, more often than not, makes the right decision. Thank you. Thank you. Would anyone else like to participate? Come on up, hon. Can you just please restate your name and address for the record, please? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Kills Campbell, 632 100th Court, Northeast. I just want to make it clear that in being opposed to this, I'm not opposed to the project or to developing Blaine. Blaine is a home to all of us. No one is here to smear others or to prevent money from going into the city. But everyone in the city should have an equal chance of being supported, not just potentially the mayor's friends, and no one should be shot down for asking for transparency from their government. Local government is the cornerstone of American politics. If we cannot be honest here, then how can we expect honesty from the people above us? If there's no substance to our inquiries, then there should not be an issue with us asking and the problem is and the problem solved. We do need places to gather. We do need something to breathe life into Blaine. All we are asking is that we look at things a little more closely especially the mayor's potential personal financial stake in this. Lastly, I would like to touch on some statements made by one of the residents of Blaine who went before me. I find it fascinating that while I was interrupted due to being accusatory or other residents and you, council member Chris Masolia, stand here and accuse us of speaking up out of ill intent with no evidence and there are zero issues at all. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, my name is John Durkheising. Um, I'm two, I live at 2939 Aspen Lake Drive in Blaine. Um, I'm a lifelong resident of Blaine. Uh, both my wife and I are both lifelong residents. Um, we also are part owners in Crispin Green Blaine, and I have a particular interest in the development of that um, parcel there. Um, seeing uh, the mayor or his group investing in that helps us support our decision to take a property and put it in, to pick that site and helps us support that. Um, it was a blank property, you know, a, was a, a closed Gander Mountain, um, and just having the opportunity to develop that. Uh, and then see, I mean, it's been vacant for a long time. Seeing continued development in that spot really helps us um, feel good about that. And if it's coming from the mayor, even more, especially with the development in the Blaine and um, Highway 65, um, you know, that's good to see. 
We, we support the, the mayor's in, investment. We believe he's uh, pro-business and pro-Blaine, and um, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. All right, team, do we have anyone else that would like to comment before I close this public hearing? Yeah, come on up. How's everyone today? Living the dream. Again, just name and address for the record, please. Sure, my Thank name's you. Kevin Landry. I no longer live in Blaine, but I do business in Blaine. Uh, I am a small business owner. Um, whether or not this baseball park should go or not, I mean, I guess that is up for debate. I have no problem with business and things happening in Blaine. The issue that I have, and, and the gentleman asked, what is all this about? And I think the word it, it should be ethics. That is what this is about, ethics. I believe that it is unethical for the mayor to have business um, and to make money off of the city that he is supposedly representing. Um, I, I think that it, it leaves the city of Blaine open for possible problems. Um, and as you can see, um, you know, as, as far as the mayor recusing himself, well, you know, it's apparent to me that he has enough friends on the city council that um, it doesn't matter. He's going to get what he wants by his buddies. Um, I, I think that the mayor should recuse himself from uh, this project completely. If he cares about Blaine the way he says he does, if he wants Blaine to move forward, if he wants the city to grow, step away from his project. Let him show where his ethics are at. And as far as the comment about someone in the city council um, saying things on, on social media and the guy with the pointy hair um, crying about it, my question for him is, if this person would be white presenting, would you have a problem with it? Okay, thank you for your comments, Kevin. Uh, maybe aired a little on the disrespectful side, but this is a public hearing, and this is American democracy reign supreme. Would anyone else like to comment? Thank you. This is a public hearing. Okay, we're good. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. We're in a we're in a public hearing. If you would like to share your dialogue once we open the item up, I am assuming nothing less. Is there any other member of the public that would like to participate in the public hearing? So I wasn't planning on speaking, but I'm going to speak to two major points. Um, I used to live in Blaine with my two little kids in the early 2000s, and my kids loved baseball and softball. My husband and son now work together in baseball, and I never see them, but I love them to death because they're both working in a field that they love. Um, as a non-political really understand, I'm learning about politics now, but um, as a new person to this field, I guess you could say, uh, and I'm a registered nurse. Oh, I'm 13212 Aberdeen Street, Northeast Blaine. I'm sorry, Ruth Lupa. Apologize. Um, as far as the mayor thing issue that has been brought up, um, as a resident of Blaine who just started my own small business, I would hope to God that nobody would tell me because I'm a nurse that is employed out of Andover, Minnesota, that I shouldn't, or, you know, and I have clients in Blaine that I shouldn't start my own small business. Um, I don't understand why it would be such a big deal if he's a resident of Blaine. Yes, he's the mayor, but he has every right to start a business just like any of us. And 
why should he be told he shouldn't, especially if he's been transparent and recusing himself? And so I just want to say I'm in support of this business because it's baseball, and then also and it might bring my family closer to working so they don't have to be in St. Cloud all the time, but also because I think that the mayor has to do what's right for him and his dreams and remain mayor. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Does it, would anyone else like to speak? Ma'am, I know you raised your hand a couple of times. Did you want to come up? Yeah. Yeah, please do. Um, my name is Beverly Dahl, and I live at 9303 Baton Avenue, and I just moved August 1st. Um, I'm a mom of two little kids. I lived in Richfield, and I want to bring it back to the kids, the families in this community, because I moved here for baseball. Um, my little boy was at Centerview Elementary, fell in love with the kids, the friends. We had other affairs in a different city, and he was able because the community and he had enrolled be part of the team so I sold my house in six weeks literally and moved here and I've been so lucky to do so I joined the Spring Lake Park Ball Association never been to a city council meeting but I moved because of the community and the baseball families we have 12 different teams and we have 130 families and if it wasn't for those communities I wouldn't be successful raising my kids and doing all the busyness that life has to provide. I depend on those families to help pick up, drop off, and we have a lot of fun together, responsibly doing things around the community together, where that's where I see this new opportunity for us to have places to have dinner and to go to, you know, to celebrate. Celebrate the things that our kids are doing together and having fun together. And I mean, he tanked back at his other city behaviorally, academically, he's a 10th grader, and he came back here, and just being in this community and with the families and doing the things that we do, he's, he's just a whole new kid in one year. So think about the kids, because that's what we're here for, right, is to talk about the community who are going to build these kids up to the adults who will then eventually live here too. So it's just a circle effect, and I think it's a great place for families to be together. Thank you. All right, guys, we're going to give this one more shot. Is there anyone else that would like to participate in the public hearing before I go ahead and close the public hearing? Oh, come on up. Again, if you could just restate your name and address, that'd be great. Thank you. Good evening again. Um, name is Oblin Smith, uh, address 9564 Monroe Street, Northeast Blaine, Minnesota. Um, I wanted to come back up and say that I think that we're all in agreement that it's beneficial for Blaine if vacant properties are transformed into thriving businesses. I wanted to touch on something that one of the other residents said a little bit ago. Um, he referred to, I believe he referred to the mayor as being pro-business. And I think that framing this issue as being pro or anti-business is a little bit misleading because I think that really we're all pro-business, right? We're, we all want businesses to enter Blaine and we all want Blaine's economy to flourish. But I think we also need to be pro-transparency, pro-equal opportunity, pro-ethical business. Maybe this development will be good for Blaine, but do we want to begin a precedent wherein our elected officials can select which of their friends they want to prop up or not? Wherein elected officials can eventually choose the deals that they will personally gain from and not just the deals that will benefit the city specifically. I think this issue, like I said in the beginning, transcends being pro or anti-business. It's about being 
pro-ethical business. Thank you. Thank you. Name and address one more time. John, John Pitzel, 3133 120th Court Northeast. <laughs> I just want to say that just because someone, and now I'm speaking as a CPA, just because you get to open a business doesn't mean you're going to make money. I mean, who here has lost money? I mean, I personally have. Just because you get the permit. I mean, we've got a, a man that's interested in investing in a business. You know, how many business, nine out of ten small businesses fail within the first six years. I mean, this is not, unless the city is giving this particular elected official money or preferential treatment, I mean, I, I just don't see, you know, transparency. I don't see what the issue is. So unless there's a handout here or something that we're not aware of, uh, just I think you should get on with approving this. All right, guys, we're going to put up the bat signal one more time. Is there anyone? All oh, right, you would. No. Just kidding. No, please, it's y'all's time, so please. How about I ask a quick question? Am I going to have an opportunity here in a moment to, to talk? After this, this is this a portion? public hearing, so, I mean, you are welcome to speak at the public hearing. Will there be additional opportunity once it's brought for if, me to if there's, give a little transparency? Typically... He, I, I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware. If there's questions from council, like we're happy to have you answer said questions if they come up. I think that's more than appropriate. Yeah, I'll wait then for that okay. part. Okay. I also just wanted to add that I think it's even more immoral to use government funds to open businesses that will only be a financial drain on the city's expenses and we will not benefit from in the long term. It's a wasted investment. All right, guys, is there anyone else before I threaten to close the public hearing one more time? Again, this is y'all's time, so if there's anyone else that wants to speak, all right. Don Clayton Flanders again. There is no private money going into this ballpark. There's no public money. They, 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 these guys are doing it themselves. And yes, we did an SBA program, okay? Complete transparency. Thank you. Name and address for the record, please. My name is Allie Schmidt. My address was 1058 98th Avenue Northeast in Blaine. I was here to be a friendly face in the audience, but my heart is pounding and I cannot stand still or sit still. So there's been a lot of accusations that the mayor and his friends are in on this business. But I know most of the friends and I've known Tim for a very long time. They're not just friends. They're all men that want what's best for Blaine, for their kids, for my kids, who happen to be friends with their kids. Doesn't mean that they have a... I, like, a, I don't even know what to say. Like, they were, they're all fooling you or something. Like, they're respectable people. They all supported me when I'm running for school board. They all will come and get me if I'm off the side of the road. If Wayne can't come get me. I guess they're not just these people that are friends trying to wreck Blaine. They're all interested in Blaine and the growth. They're all business owners. They all care about the rest of us. They just happen to be friends through professionalism, if that makes sense. So thanks. Oh, and I support, I support it all, and I support Tim Sanders. Okay. All right. 
Is there anyone else before I close? Kevin, you're coming back up? Yeah, please. Does the city of Blaine have a conflict of interest laws? There are conflict, there is conflict of interest language in our council code of conduct. I believe that information actually was resent to council earlier this week, but yes, there is absolutely. And what does that say when it should cover something? Sure. Yeah, it was actually included in the packet that's attached to this item. I would be happy once we close the public hearing. I'd be happy to have the attorney read the language regarding the code of conduct. Sure. Is that is that is that make it okay? Sounds good. All right, guys. Last chance. Anybody? We're going full auction style. Oh, all right. Come back up. I'm sure that the mayor and his friends are very respectable people, but it is not appropriate for elected officials to do government businesses with their friends because they're not only professionally friends, but they are more than that, which is true warrants an investigation. Thank you. All right, guys, we're going to go once here and go twice. Third time's a charm. Is there anyone else? I'm going to go ahead and close this public hearing. Excellent. All right, y'all. We're going to close this public hearing. Eric? Mayor Pro Tem, I just want to bring the discussion back so that the public and council um, is reminded of what the request is this evening. So the business itself was approved in March of 2023. So on the screen, you see that indoor area in gray. The use for the, the recreation use was approved in March, as was the orange area, which was where the patio was proposed at that time. So what they're Requesting is to move that patio from the orange area to the blue area and then add live entertainment. So the use itself already has been approved. They're simply asking for a change in the location of the patio and that live entertainment use. Um, also, just so the council is aware, uh, due to Council Member Fleming's absence and the mayor's abstaining from this vote, it still does require four affirmative votes to approve this item. So just so the council is aware, even though there's only five of you, it still does require four per our charter uh, if you choose to pass this this evening. Thank you, Eric. Uh, really quickly, before I ask for a motion from colleagues, I want to be super clear on one of, component of this. There is zero like city dollars, government dollars, other than the SBA loan, which are government-funded small business loans. There is no city money incorporated with this project at all. I just want to be super clear on that. The city does have a business loan program that is available to all new business owners and all that information is available online on the Economic Development Authority's website. On that note, Council, I'm sure we're all chomping at the bit to open up discussion here, so I will entertain a motion on item 9-2. Move it. Second. All in, well wait, We now we need to go to discussion. Man, I almost killed discussion for y'all and took that vote. What a buzzkill. All right, guys. Please, I'm going to reiterate, I get there are some passions here, but I really need this conversation to be respectful. Our role here behind this dais is to be leaders amongst our community, okay? That means sometimes we have to shut our mouths when we don't want to. That means sometimes we have to put a smile on our face when we don't want to, but like I am expecting this dialogue to be uh, respectful. I am not Mayor Tim Sanders. He is way nicer than me. I am the bad cop in the mayor pro tem mayor relationship here. I will use this gavel and I will ask that we please be respectful. So on that note, first, actually, you know what, really quickly, Tom, I know there was a question from the public hearing regarding conflict of interest. Can you go ahead and address that and then I'll open it up for colleagues to dialogue? 
Yeah, so the city of Blaine has adopted a conflict of interest policy that mirrors state law. Um, and the conflict of interest policy is there's two types of conflicts of interest. There's contractual conflict of interest or a non-contractual conflict of interest. In this instance, we're dealing with a non-contractual conflict of interest because we're dealing with a, a zoning uh, question, a CUP question on a property that the mayor has financial interest in. Pursuant to state law and the city policy, uh, the requirement is that when a member has a potential conflict of interest, they must disclose the conflict of interest to the group and abstain from the council discussion, debate, and vote, uh, which Mayor Sanders has done each time this item has come before the council. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. All right, guys, who wants to kick it off? Councilmember Newland. Thank you, Mayor Pro Tem. A couple of easy questions that uh, we did find out this, and we knew this, that this type of business has already been approved to go in there. The question at hand is on the conditional use permit itself uh, and the addition of live entertainment. I do have a question for the applicant, or probably a couple of them, and if I could ask the applicant to come forward. Thank you. Yes. Um, why are you moving the patio? What's the benefit or what, what is your vision with moving it from where you had originally uh, proposed to bring it around to the front and the south? Yeah, when we first started looking at it, uh, we attempted to get full length uh, batting cages uh, in there and there's support beams throughout the building. And so to get the most benefit of the width, uh, the front of the building uh, made sense from that aspect. Now, as far as the restaurant and entertainment side is concerned, that makes the most sense to be in the front. And so when uh, in working with the architect along the way, uh, it, it came up a, a few months ago that let's really dig into this a little deeper and see if we can't get it accomplished by moving the training portion to the back, uh, which uh, would be an opportunity for parents to drop their child off and then be with a coach in that training area. And then the parking be right adjacent to where uh, the restaurant and the entertainment portion would be. Perfect, thank you. Um, follow up on that if I could, is the type of business it seems is a very family oriented business. It's not, absolutely. you're not setting it up as a, a bar or a nightclub. I mean, this is an entertainment area so you can capitalize on the sporting theme and everything that's happening, not only within the city, but in, in the area. Correct. That said, you're also, with the conditional use permit, uh, applying for live entertainment. Correct. That's both indoor and outdoor. And I'm presuming that the type of entertainment that you would offer would also be family-oriented. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and this is to add to the ambiance, right? We, we're not, we don't want a concert venue. Uh, we're not having people come to a concert and taking over with the music. We're adding to the ambiance of uh, the family entertainment with the live music that would be going on. And the type of music that you would talk about is it acoustic music. I'm assuming that you're not doing rock bands that are going to have Correct. amplified music. That Yeah, would, th it, this would be local artists that would be coming, setting up their own equipment and and have an opportunity to, you know, to get their, their name out there as well. The only question that I received from a resident was in regards the hours of operation mm -hmm. and the concern being... Is it going to run, how late do you plan on running it? I would presume that the live entertainment would factor, it would coincide with what your normal business hours would be, is that correct? Correct, that's, that's right. Yeah, we wouldn't, we wouldn't extend any hours for offering that type of entertainment, no. 
And have you given thought to, or can you share with us what those hours of operation would be for the business? It, it's not set in stone yet. Uh, we're still debating that a little bit, uh, but we're not planning on being well into the evening or into the early hours of the morning. That's that's not what we're looking for here. I don't think that would be, the, the clients wouldn't be looking for that either. Thank you. Uh, changing gears then, if I could, or shifting gears as it were, if I could uh, direct a question to staff, my recollection then, as we talked about, was the rusty bumblebee was the most recent conditional use permit that we had approved here back this summer for live entertainment. And my question to staff earlier today was, since that uh, particular patio is even closer to residences, uh, it would seem as though whatever the conditional use permit uh, conditions were that applied to the rusty bumblebee could certainly apply here. And as I recall in our, in our conversation with uh, City Planner, there were no limitations on the hours of operation for the live entertainment. Is that correct? Did I recall that correctly? Manager? Uh, yes, that is correct. So based on that, my concerns and further, my concerns on limiting the hours of, operta hours of operation are have been eliminated, plus the distance from the nearest residence is so far away across Highway 65 that's going to be elevated as the reconstruction comes in the next coming years anyway um, with the type of music that we're talking about, with the family focus that we're looking at. I have zero concerns over this and totally support the uh, applicant. Thank you. Can I add one thing about the outdoor portion of the entertainment? Uh, the reason that I, I went back and forth a little bit about that was because there's going to be two large garage doors that are going to be going in in the front that allows for indoor and outdoor access. And so while the entertainment would be setting up inside, it would actually you know, be flowing to the outside where the patio is at. That's the idea behind it. Thank you, any other dialogue? Leslie, please, or Council Member Larson, apologies. I had no idea this was such a controversial issue. Uh, I was surprised to see all these people here today. Um, I think that this, is going to be a great amenity right here. And I think that there's a misconception also, maybe there's not, but maybe there is, that we really don't make a lot of money doing this. <laughs> we really don't. And the mayor doesn't make a lot of money doing this. Um, so we all also have businesses because this is not our full-time job. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to add that as well. Um, so yeah, it, we're just approving the addition, the, mo the moving of the, of the patio and whatnot. Um, and I think it's going to be a great amenity to add. Any other dialogue? Sure, I'll go next. Please. All right. So um, just to give everybody some background on this issue in particular, because I think there were some false statements that were made about how this came up. So a resident who lives in my ward on her own without any consultation or discussion with me posted her concerns on Nextdoor about this project. Um, and as we've heard, she essentially pointed out three issues, the conflict of interest, lack of transparency, and preferential treatment. Um, so this, you know, this should have been discussed in March, right? I feel like we're several months late in discussing this. Um, and the fact that we did not have a chance to discuss it shows that there was some problem with this process. I think we can all agree because why we're just now hearing about this. And I'll give you one example. Um, I look back because I don't remember approving this. I, you know, I would have asked these questions a long time ago. Um, I was actually traveling on spring break when this came to city council. 
And before I left, I told staff that I would be traveling and at um, during the city council time, it would be 3 a.m. my time. I was told that I would have to find a public place abroad to call into this meeting. And as if anybody has traveled abroad, it's not always safe to find a coffee shop at three in the morning and have your Zoom meeting for city council. So that was the only meeting I have missed since I have been on council. And that was the meeting that this was added to. And had I known, I would have um, talked to staff and we would have gone through that process. So I think even how this was placed on the agenda, I think there are reasonable, legitimate questions that people are asking. And the fact that you all are you know, using these intimidation tactics and trying to shut down even the conversation about it is really troubling to me. That does not happen in local politics. That might happen on the federal level, the political division, whatever. That should not ever happen here. Everybody should have the absolute right to be heard and ask their questions without intimidation from developers like Nate, who is benefiting from the city. And he's upset because I voted against his change in plans that affected single family homes. That's the, mainly the reason that you are upset with me, Thank sir. So um, I am very pro-business. Currently, we have an amazing developer from out of the state who has invested $31 million into our Northtown Mall. This man is incredible. If you have not had a chance to meet with him, meet with him. This is a real developer who uses his own money, his own resources, and wants to build this city and has amazing ideas that's really going to turn that um, community around because we have a lot of crime in that area. We have we're struggling. Ward one is not the lakes, right? We're not um, like other parts of Blaine. So you have to understand that some of the concerns that are coming from my Ward one residents, it's because there is a distrust of the city council and of the mayor. It's rooted in real issues that a lot of you may not be experiencing. So. I will absolutely advocate for my residents. It doesn't matter if it's one person or 50 people. I will absolutely advocate for them and ask questions. And that's exactly what I did. So I don't know what post Nate is referring to where I'm anti-whatever. Or I don't know if it's even being referred to me because I am absolutely pro-business. I am working with um, currently a business owner um, that owns a mechanic shop that has been treated horribly by the city. This man had a warrant out for his arrest because he did not um, follow the CUP process or he didn't get the letter to follow the CUP process. So that's a business owner in Ward 1 that I'm assisting. There's another business owner who owns three acres of land that has been treated horribly by the city, to be very blunt, and I'm helping him as well. There's a woman who's trying to open an event center that is having a really difficult time. So if we're serious about small businesses, let's talk about all of these small businesses, not just the mayor's friends and their businesses, because that is not fair. That is not fair to all of the people in Ward 1 and throughout the city that are struggling and trying to create businesses and don't have that fair, um, that equal access and preferential treatment. So I think the way this is playing out is raising more questions for me, to be very honest. You know, I came into this... Um, posting questions that I was receiving and you know it is my job to bring them up I don't work for staff I don't work for the mayor I work for ward one residents so I'm sorry if that offends the developer if it offends you know and I have friends who are developers right so it's a very difficult position for me to be in because my obligation 
is to the Ward 1 residents, hands down. And I will absolutely you know, raise their concerns, raise their interests, um, even if it goes against my own personal interests. You know, that's ethical. That is the ethical thing to do. Um, so I think there is, an, there is enough here to ask questions. And someone did ask questions, right? So what am I supposed to do, just ignore it? At, turn the other way, act as if this person doesn't have legitimate questions. And it wasn't just one person. It, it turned into phone calls and emails. I have spent my entire week literally getting calls and emails about this issue. It's overwhelming. You know, as Councilmember Larson said, we don't get paid much for this. I'm putting in nearly 20 to 30 hours in just meetings with people. Um, you know, I'm at that caribou all the time, you know, talking to people, meeting with them, hearing their concerns. I'm out there listening to my Ward 1 residents. Not just the developers, I meet with them as well, um, but it's really about doing what is in the best interest of the entire community. Um, and so and that's where this comes up as well, because you know, we're talking about noise, but have we even talked to the people that live across the highway? There's a manufactured home park. Do they matter? Do they matter? They should matter. Why did they not have an opportunity to come and address their concerns? When the National Sports Center holds concerts, um, you know, I attend them, but when I don't, I can hear them from my home across the highway. So don't tell me a thousand feet is enough where you won't be able to hear music and concerts because it's not. They will be able to hear it. And to so subject them to noise on a daily basis from this venue. Is that fair? Do we even want to get their input and hear how they feel about this? And I like this business idea. I think it's great. You know, recently we had a similar business, um, very similar, where it was um, golf instead of baseball. So indoor golf with a bar and restaurant. And I supported that completely. That project did go to the Planning Commission. That project was publicized and had ample opportunity from the community to speak. And it was approved. I 100% supported this um, project. And I think I would have 100% supported this project as well if I had the opportunity in March to ask those questions and had there been complete transparency instead of this, you know, whatever this is <laughs> happening here. Um, so now, you know, after hearing from some of our residents, I'm wondering, is this CUP even valid? You know, as somebody mentioned the mayor signed it. What, what is that? Is that even allowed? I don't know if that's even allowed. Who is providing that oversight here where we're signing our own CUP? I mean, how would you, like, be honest, how would you legit feel if I started a business and I signed my own CUP? You know, the, you would well, never have staff answer your question. No, I'm going to finish first. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, so again, um, let's see, maybe lose my train of thought. Um, and I think the other question, you know, that we're not really, no one's saying that the city is paying for the ballpark. I think there's a misunderstanding. What I'm hearing from people, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that there's a baseball stadium that's being built nearby. And I don't know how many feet, maybe a couple hundred feet near this. And so you can understand the optics of this, right? That there is the ballpark, restaurant and bar with indoor batting cages. And you, within walking distance, there is a major baseball stadium that the city is putting in 40 million, nearly $40 million of taxpayer and other funds. So that, and if you remember um, when the Viking Stadium came to Blaine. We asked residents. We gave them an opportunity to talk and speak whether or not they support it. Why aren't we doing that? This whole process to me is not transparent. 
And, and the ballpark to me appears to be an extension of the sports entertainment district on 105th. So I don't separate those two. And I think when people are talking about the preferential treatment and the, um, the money and all of that, I feel like they're, they're, they're also viewing this as an extension of the 105th sports entertainment district. Um, so again, you know, I, I would absolutely um, you know, ask those questions. There are so many questions that I've asked that have not been answered. My first question to city staff was a basic one. What is the mayor's ownership interest in this project? What is it? Is it, are we talking about like one fourth? Is it 50%? Um, we don't know. And he can answer them. So I'd be happy to get those answers because I didn't get them from staff. Um, other questions I've asked, what are the conflicts of, and this is again, questions that my constituents are asking me. So I am obligated as their representative to ask them. It's nothing personal. I have absolutely no personal interest in this either way. Um, what are the conflicts of interest and have we consulted with a neutral attorney that is not employed by the city? Is this typical? Do we have examples of previous mayors or mayors from other cities who enter into business deals in their city? Is this project related to the 105th redevelopment Point and of sports? order, oh, Mayor Pro Tem. Can I do that? I don't know. Yeah. He can interrupt I, me. That's it's a point that. of order. It's okay. a point of Go order ahead. as a Go council member. I have a right to a point of order. So I'm looking at an email where staff directly answered all your questions. Not all of them. And no. so instead of you rambling on question after question after question, I would like as a council member to get a word in as well. So I'm looking at an email from Tuesday where staff clearly answered all the questions that I'm assuming you're going to continue to take another 10 minutes to read off to smear the mayor. No, it's um, not and smearing, I would like... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not smearing, hey, asking hey, questions. Hey, 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 hey. I wish you all, would do that First of well. all, first of all, if there are specific questions that you would like I'm answered, listing okay, my questions. Okay, but so. again, Go this ahead. is why okay. I suggested that you ask your question. Let staff answer it because, again, okay. we can do it that I way. think we all have this. same... staff did answer it. No, okay. they did not. There were Listen, several questions that they were unable to answer. Respectful dialogue in some form of order would be really helpful. I understand you have questions that want to be asked. I understand you have comments that want to be made. I'm not doing this with y'all. I'm not y'all's parent. This isn't toddler wrangle up time. We're going to all be adults and we're going to dialogue, okay? Please. Again, I'm not the nice one. He's the nice one. I just I'm wanted not. to get a word in instead of. I appreciate that. Okay. Lori, can you ask, or excuse me, Council Member Soraya, I apologize for the informality. Can you ask the question that you need from staff? There was quite a few. I tried to write them down as you, like, for instance, the CUP. You asked about the signed CUP. Can staff address the signature on the CUP? To my knowledge, that's an electronic signature that happens by default. The mayor did not put pen to paper and sign that. That's an electronic default to a past CUP in the planning process. Is that correct? Yes, uh, Mayor and uh, Mayor Pro Tem and Council Members. Um, yes, that's an electronic signature that is signed once um, the action by Council um, has been recorded. Um, um, all resolutions shall be signed by the Mayor or two other members um, if, the, if the Mayor is absent. But it was an electronic signature that is just applied to all of our um, uh, resolutions and ordinances that are adopted. Okay, thank you. Does that answer that question? Is that a sufficient answer? I want to, again, I want to, okay. Are there other questions? 
Oops, excuse me. Are there other questions that you have, or should I allow your colleague to dialogue, or? Well, I had a whole list of questions. I mean, okay, I is it different clear. from the list of questions that staff asked, that have been asked and answered by have staff? Have not been answered. That's, the ones know, so that are, what is the, hold, what was the mayor's just role? just a second. Just, just give me two seconds. Staff, is there an attachment in the packet right now with the questions that were answered by staff regarding Council Member Soroya's questions? Mayor Pro Tem and Council, uh, staff did receive, I think there were 11 questions and we to our best of our ability were able to answer them. I don't know what the mayor's ownership interest is other than what he disclosed. Perhaps the applicant can address that. Um, the city attorney or the city manager can answer any questions regarding whether a neutral attorney needs to be involved in this or if the city attorney can play that role. Um, quite honestly, I did not take time to research examples of other mayors from other cities or elected officials. With that said, in previous cities that I've worked for, there have been elected officials that have business or real estate interests and they abstained, and I think that's a fairly common practice. Um, so those are, I think, what Councilmember Soraya has, has asked to this point, but I would be more than welcome, as would the city attorney any, or any other staff, to answer questions. Is that sufficient? If, if it's okay, again, I want to be fair. I know you have some comments you want to make. Can I kick it this way and we can swing it back sure, this way? I'll Is that okay? Me, sure. Perfect. Thank you. Go ahead, Councilmember Masolia. Thank you, Mayor Pro Tem. Councilmember Soroya, my frustration is, is that you're not actually asking questions to get to the truth. You're asking questions to raise ethical concerns to smear somebody. There's really, really clear and obvious answers to a lot of the questions you're asking. I mean, you could ask, was was the item in March put on the agenda in any unusual manner? No. You could ask, is there other conditional use permits that go to city council without going on planning commission? Yes. It's happened 28 times the last <laughs> two years. You could ask, is it unusual for a mayor or council member to own a business in the city that they represent? Answer is no but you don't really care about the truth. You don't really care about these answers. You're just using this to smear somebody. And I'm not a yes man for the mayor. I voted with you on 99th. I, I voted against multiple apartment projects. Why are you shaking your head? You vote. You did not vote for the 99th okay. apartments. You, yes, I, you I voted, voted for the extension. You voted for the extension, Chris. Hey, 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 hey. Let so, him finish his comments. Okay. Anyway, I voted against the 99th apartment. I voted against the apartments down in Northtown at the old Rainbow site. I had a huge fight with the mayor a couple weeks ago. And so for you to come in here and I feel like you're accusing us of lack of transparency. I feel personally accused by that. And that's, it's just so wrong, Lori. It's so wrong, Council Member Stroya, and I'm really disappointed because I've given you the benefit of the doubt in a lot of different things, and I've tried to respect you. I've tried to hear your opinions. I've tried to agree with you where I can, and it's just its extremely frustrating to see, again, there is zero substance to any ethical concerns about the mayor having a business in the city of Blaine. There is nothing unusual, and if you actually asked staff and wanted to know truthful answers you would realize that. But you don't care about the truth. You just care about raising ethical concerns. Okay. Have we gotten that all out of the way now? Listen, again, 
we are supposed to be the elite of our community, right? Somehow, by blind luck, 72,000 people selected the seven people minus one up here to make difficult choices on behalf of our community and to rise above nasty, whether it's political and or otherwise. I don't like that part of this job. This is the part of this job that I don't like. I do think there is a little bit of a situation here where people just don't like hearing the answer to the questions that they're asking because it's not the answer that they want to hear. And I am not in any way, shape, or form pointing fingers this way or this way. I think this is just in general. These questions have been asked and answered. To my knowledge, going all the way back to the May meeting, these questions were asked and answered again. It is fine that we don't agree and it is okay to have disagreement. I just don't like when the nature of those agreements or disagreements get personal. I don't like that. And this before us is literally about a technical issue. This is a conditional use permit because somebody wants to move a patio around a building. I don't care who your favorite council member is. I don't care who you voted for, who you want to vote for. I don't give a rat's about any of that. Our primary objective here is to promote our community, to sit up here and make decisions that are in the best for our community, not just today, but 5, 10, 15, 25 years from now. I don't care whose project came first. I don't care if it's some magic super project on 105th. I don't care if it's this tiny little project that sat in a vacant building since 2017 when Gander Mountain left. That building has been vacant. I'm grateful for your investment in our community. Just like I've told anyone else that comes in here, I'm grateful for their investment in our community absent of whomever it is. I don't really care. If people want to come here and invest money in our community for our kids, for our sports teams, lovely. Thank you. Because it could have been Coon Rapids. That would have really ticked me off. It could have been Maple Grove, Woodbury, or anyone else. But you know what? People are choosing Blaine, y'all. People are choosing Blaine for a reason. Because we're trying to do our jobs better on behalf of you guys. We have to be better. We just do. We have to be better. I can't have these arguments. Again, I'm not your mom. I'm your colleague. But like, listen, I love this job and I love this community. This is the part of it that I don't like. But our job and what's before us now is the CUP on moving a tiny little patio and live music. Councilmember Soraya, I am happy to call on you. If I could ask if we could limit sure. our comments, that would be really appropriate at this time. Okay, I just I just want to say that we are setting a really dangerous precedent here. Um, it's I, I, we should be questioning ethical concerns, and when somebody raises legitimate ethical concerns and they're called smears, what is what is that about? You know, you're not even investigating this. You're not even listening to the people that are raising these concerns. You're shutting down the dialogue, and you're having people in power the people who own the businesses, the developers come and do that for you. Like that's, that to me speaks volumes. You know, it's when an elected official is involved, any elected official in a business deal in his own city, it should go through every hoop and hurdle. I don't care who it is, what city it is, you need to show the community that you have not received any favors, any preferential treatment. You have followed the law to the T. That's it. That's all we're asking. That's why is that such a hard swill to pro? Why is that being called a smear when that would be expected of any elected council member? So I think it's really a dangerous precedent when we look the other way. You know, we've had, um, you know, there's a long history of people. Our president was told not to set up a business. Um, someone's moaning back there, so I'll finish up. 
Um, but again, I will absolutely raise resident concerns. You will not intimidate me into silence. I, you know, what's really concerning to me is after I made my post, my post was not the original post. I was responding to the resident who lives in Ward 1 asking questions that I was getting from the community, a compilation of questions. And I immediately, I started getting phone calls and emails from people. And they told me the mayor was calling them and telling me to take down my post. I will absolutely not take down my post because those are legitimate questions. They are not smears. They are questions about ethics and how we do business in this city. And I will not sit on this council and look the other way. I will not rubber stamp as we do many, many, many times on this council. I will absolutely not do that. Um, so if I have ethical questions raised by my residents, you bet I will sit here and ask them because that is what the residents expect from us. They don't expect us to ignore them and do what the mayor wants us to do, any business owner wants us to do. At the end of the day, they are the taxpayers. They are our leaders in this community. So I would like to just propose, and if you're serious about transparency, Chris, um, let's propose an independent review of this process. Let's get, I don't know what agency would have to come in. Let's look at how this transpired. Did this come to a workshop? Did this come to, you know, was this announced properly? I don't know. I don't know. I just seeing how other projects have played out in this city. Some of, I mentioned three out of like 10 examples of projects that have not, you know, been handled appropriately in my opinion. And so I don't, I, a lot of people don't trust staff and their um, independence okay, in reviewing hold on, Excuse hold me, on. No, no, excuse no, no, me, no, excuse no, me, no, I'm not no, done. No, no, I'm not no. done, ma'am. I appreciate that you're not done. And I have a feeling had I not banged this little gavel, you wouldn't be for some time. But I'm gonna stop you for a second. You do not get to insult this staff. You just don't. The perpetual narrative that people don't trust staff, I am tired of it. I have sat in these meetings while you have insulted members of this staff and you just tongue in cheek did it again and I don't I won't have it stop it's not an stop. insult ma'am it's not an insult it's the truth no you can't it's handle not. the truth Jess the thing is is the the questions have been asked and answered no they have not development development is not a rubber stamp every single permit every single ask that comes to the city is based on different conditions Different rules, some need planning commissions, some don't. Some need COPs, some don't. Some need zoning changes, some don't. They're all different. They're not rubber stamped. And the inference that we all sit up here like a bunch of dingling monkeys in a cage and we just, oh, here's another one, is just the dumbest, most asinine thing ever. I'm tired of it, stop, just stop. Please somebody call the question here so we can vote on this and move on because I am not going to allow the door to be open for small insults to be thrown here or to here or to anywhere else. I'm tired of it. If you don't know what your job is, learn it. Our job isn't to rubber stamp stuff. Our job is to know our jobs and do our jobs. Our jobs require us to rely on the qualified manner in which this very educated staff does their job. They are very, very good at their jobs and I'm not going to allow the continued narrative that these people don't know what they're doing. I'm tired of it. They asked and answered your questions. You did not like the answer. Shake your head. That's fine. They did not answer I'm my I'm trying questions. to be kind here. I allowed you to dialogue, and that's fine. But y'all, 
We have to move on this matter. If you don't like the project, that's okay. I like the project. Wonderful. I don't like the and lack of transparency okay. and I the understand of that you feel there is a lack of transparency. I am saying the staff the has shown you otherwise. The residents feel there is a lack of transparency. I have shown you, you otherwise. You are ignoring, you are choosing to ignore what I'm the residents really are not, telling you. Actually. you. I'm are. just you louder are. for oh, 5,000 views. Yeah, 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 yeah. views. You want to argue order if I could. you can, but we're not going to do it here. Thank you, Council Member Newland. We have a call to question. I call a question right now. Perfect. With the call to question, we'll go ahead and move on this matter we have a motion and a second on item 92 all in favor of the conditional use permit on this item please signify by saying aye. aye aye any opposed no perfect let's go ahead and move on shall we somebody better man wrangle up the mayor and get him back in here because this gavel and i are going to be a lot for the rest of the night otherwise Mayor Pro Tem, I have the next item and I need to go grab my computer charger. So if we okay. could take 60 seconds. Yeah, please. All right, let's move along in the agenda to administration. Uh, next up on the agenda is agenda. You're taking a break because Eric left. Perfect. All right, thank you. We'll stay in a break. All right, break over. Uh, we'll go next item on the agenda. Agenda item 11 is administration. Next item up is agenda item 11-1, and we'll turn things over to our director of community development. Thank you, Mr. Mayor and Council. Uh, this is related to an item for the term sheet for our 105th redevelopment area. We talked about many of the aspects of this document at the workshop last week, and there's components of this that has been discussed at two previous council meetings within the last, I believe, two months or so. And just some uh, timeline review for council, for those of you not on the council in 2022. Uh, the developer and the city did enter into a pre-development pre agreement in December of 2022, and there was various phases that were identified in that agreement, which really laid out the groundwork uh, to get towards entitlements and project construction. So we are in the midst of working through that pre-development agreement. As I said, it was uh, identified with three phases. We're currently in phase two, which is identified as the implementation of the land acquisition strategy and preliminary development investigation. Phase three is the stage where we get into various development approvals. There will be land that would be acquired by the developer and then an actual development agreement, which would then um, supersede the pre-development agreement at that time. 
So the term sheet identifies a roadmap for completion of that phase two and phase three. And it's important for council to note, and I mentioned this last week, that the term sheet is non-binding, but really what it does is it, it is, again, lays out the roadmap for um, the roles and obligations of the developer in this process and the roles and obligations of the city. So there are various uh, commitments in this, but again, it's non-binding non and it does not circumvent any necessary future approvals that the council needs to take for different aspects of this project. So I will just go through the key dates that are identified in the term sheet there. It is broken out into different sectors of this project and I'll start with the turf fields. As the council is aware, the city is going to be considering financing of the turf fields on the National Sports Center, which allows the developer control of the 16 acres of mask property. And the current schedule would have that be considered by the council on February 5th, 2024. Uh, we are still in negotiations and talking with Anoka County and Spring Lake Park School Districts about the abatement. Um, if that date does need to get pushed back, there is room because we would need those funds available by March 28th. So there's about a almost two month window where if that date changes, but this document identifies a goal of having the council consider that on February 5th. The site control agreement that the council approved on October 16th would also be executed. And again, this financing would allow for the developer and mass to enter into that ground lease for the west portion of the district. Uh, the next section is related to what the developer will be working on along with the city. So the developer is engaging in what's called an alternative urban area-wide review or an AUAR. Uh, this is the most expansive environmental review and this is required by law when you have a project of this scale. So the developer has initiated that process. It's a relatively lengthy process. There are many things that are factored into that. And it's important for council, council to note that no formal development approvals can occur until that AUAR is approved by the council. Work can occur towards those entitlements and approvals, but the council can't approve anything related to development um, entitlements until that AUAR is approved by the council. June 15th is gonna be a common date that I discuss and it's in the document. Uh, it first appears here where by June 15th of 2024, uh, the city and developer will enter into that overall master agreement both for the west district uh, but it also does contemplate certain things in the eastern portion of the district as well and again the developer and city on that date would identify both private and public financing needs for the development there's different layers of public financing that will be involved uh, through bond financing and the potential of tax increment financing so we're working through those details and the goal would be to have those finalized by june 15th and then lastly, as you're aware, the city is continuing to acquire the remaining parcels that we do not own in that area. So we have a target date of June 15th to either have the right to acquire or acquire those properties that we need to get under control. The West District, which is primarily the land that's owned by Mass currently that the developer will be ground leasing. Uh, the construction start goal date is again, June 15th, 2024, and that is reflective on those previous dates. Uh, the developer will be submitting a concept des design for that West District in quarter one, and we will be bringing that to council for feedback and um, revisions if necessary. And then as we've discussed, the city will consider issuing a preliminary bond resolution. So this would allow if approved for the um, uh, stadium to be unveiled to the public. There's a process that the potential team owner wants to do there. 
and that would be done in quarter one. And this would be in the amount of $30 million to assist in the funding for that West District. Um, it's anticipated that funding would be primarily for the stadium, but there's other infrastructure improvements around that 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 funding could go for. And again, this would be paid for through tech or um, through revenue sharing with the team, as discussed at the workshop last week. During this time, the developer will be submitting the necessary documents for entitlement, so that shows that they're moving forward and obtaining what they need to as far as formal city approvals by the city. And then by June 15th, the city will consider issuing that bond financing for the $30 million to finance the infrastructure improvements and stadium in that West District. And then um, lastly, under the West District, by that June 15th date, the developer and EDA will have entered into a purchase agreement for any land that the developer needs to purchase from the EDA in that first phase. We may or may not need to sell land in that first phase. Um, it really depends on where those project boundaries are for the West District. As I said, primarily it's going to be on the mass property, but there may be initial property just to the east of that owned by the EDA that the developer will need to acquire. The East District, so the far um, eastern portion of it as described, uh, these dates target September 15th, 2024, so about um, 10 months from now. And similar process where the developer will submit uh, necessary entitlements, will enter into a purchase agreement, that's where the city owns a bulk of the property or will own a bulk of the property. And tax increment financing is gonna be the primary um, public financial assistance on the east portion. Uh, there's significant infrastructure improvements that need to occur if there's a public parking structure that's a TIF eligible expense. There's demolition. We're not sure yet what potential environmental concerns that the developer could run into. So these are all tax increment financing eligible expenses uh, that are uh, currently being reviewed both by the city and the developer. And then lastly, these dates in this agreement can be extended by either party for 90 days. And it's actually noted in there that based on the complexity of the development that these dates may need to change. Um, so that's just important to note. These really, again, set the framework and roadmap and dates that we are mutually trying to meet, uh, but things could change. So with that, uh, there is a resolution to approve this term sheet. Again, it's non-binding, but again, it just really lays out that framework that both the developer and the city will be working towards. Uh, we have Eric Larson here with Eckberg Lammers. He was uh, working with Aaron Mathern, who's the attorney for the developer over the last week to put this agreement together. So. Uh, if you do have specific questions about any of the language in this document or the various processes, Eric is more than welcome to come up and answer those questions for you. And then we have representatives from the development team here as well. So with that, Mr. Mayor, I'll hand it back to you. Excellent. Thank you very much, Director Thorvig. Members in motion, please, on 11.1. and have we created a shared vision that reflects what the residents want um, and what is the plan to get community input on this project? Uh, Mr. Mayor, members Director of the council, Thorvig. there will be various public hearings for different aspects of this. If and when the city issues debt for either the turf fields or the stadium financing, there's a public hearing process that goes along with that and that's reflective uh, for the turf field project on February 5th and then sometime in quarter one for the um, infrastructure and stadium financing. So again, there's public hearings related to that. Any of the development entitlements also require public hearings. So those will come in the timeline that I outlined. 
And regarding public um, involvement in our pre-development agreement, it does say that the developer shall hold listening sessions or open houses. Uh, the developer mentioned this last week at the workshop, but there is going to be an opportunity to engage the public in the revised plan that they're currently working through through the end of the year. Thank you, Director Thorvig. Councilmember Robertson. Thank you. Eric, how many questions do you think that I've asked on this project and on this in particular item that's before us? Ballpark it. 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 200, 300. Would you say hundreds of questions? We've spent hundreds of hours dialoguing this project. There's a reason why I don't ask tons of questions when I come into council meetings because this is our time to say yes or no. And I do all my homework before I get here. I'm not saying that you haven't done your homework. I understand you have to ask your question to ask your question. But there is sometimes reasons why we don't ask questions in meetings. And it's not because our minds are pre-made up. It's not because there's some secret plan to, you know, bolster some in particular developer or whatever the case may be. It's just because we did our legwork getting here. This is super complicated. There's not a chance in a million years that I will understand every single component to all the mechanisms with the bonding and the repayment schedule and the tax abatement and revenue sharing. It's complicated. It's something that not a lot of cities have the opportunity to do. Again, I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. Thank you for choosing Blaine. You could have done this anywhere. Blaine on paper is not that great, but the people that live here and the people that love this community, they invest not with just their dollars, but really their hearts, their families, and where their passion is at. So, I mean, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Again, this is a complicated matter that's before us, but it's a super exciting time for the city of Blaine. I mean, between the funding for Highway 65, this project, Northtown, and this project in its completed form, we're talking almost a billion dollars of investment in development, infrastructure, and redevelopment into the city of Blaine. That's significant. There's not another city in the metro area that's going to see nearly a billion dollars worth of investment into one city. So that's incredible, and I just wanted to uh, state that. Any other questions or dialogue? Councilmember Masolia. Thank so, you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I had a question for if the city attorney could speak to my understanding is the term sheet is preliminary agreement, kind of a roadmap. Obviously, there's a lot of questions yet to be asked and yet to be figured out with specifics of the TIF district and financing pieces and revenue repayment and all that. But this is a non-binding term sheet that <clears throat> lays out the preliminary agreement, correct? Uh, Mr. Mayor, Councilmember Masolia, uh, yes, generally that's my understanding. However, at this time, I would like to just invite my colleague Eric Larson up. He um, primarily negotiated uh, the deal with the Developers Council, and I just want to make sure that we're correctly addressing any questions with regards to the, the phasing and the agreement um, from a legal aspect, as he was the one who negotiated it. Attorney Larson, welcome. Thank you, Mayor, Councilmember. Uh, City Attorney Tom Lunen is correct, and you are correct. This is a non-binding term sheet. But as with any term sheet, especially given the multiple stages that are involved in this complex development, but very important development, it was uh, deemed by your fine staff here, as well as the developer team, is very appropriate to, at this stage, lay out this roadmap and bring it forth to this public body and saying, this is where we're at, this is how we got here, and this is where we're going. 
especially over the next six months. That way, you aren't surprised, and you all understand that this is the next logical stage given that pre-development agreement and then what has been actualized since that pre-development agreement, trying to envision that master plan and make it a reality. And I, I also wanted to also bring up, there was a question about public hearings and so forth. The environmental review process also imposes uh, public input and public hearings. So as your fine uh, community development director has indicated, throughout this process, there are gonna be multitudes of opportunities for the public to be engaged and at each step also um, provide their input. Thank you, Attorney Larson. Any other questions? Councilmember Newland. Thank you, Mayor. Um, one comment on the term sheet. I brought that up last week, whether we would have an opportunity to read it ahead of time. I know that uh, um, Mr. Thorvik did send it out late on Friday night, which I appreciate. I was out of town on Saturday, but I did have a chance to read it yesterday morning, and I had a couple of questions and comments that I sent to Eric about 9 o'clock yesterday morning, which he had the opportunity to respond to today. So um, echoing a, a comment that one of my colleagues did say that uh, I did have a chance to read this ahead of time, and I did address some of those questions. I think there's a great opportunity offline to have specifics answered that I would have, that others of us would have, and staff has gone above and beyond to accommodate me. The one-on-one the -on -one meeting that I had with Eric, actually one-on-two, because it took two of them to answer my questions between Jason and Eric uh, when we first met about this was very enlightening, and it went over an hour to answer all of the uh, detail and uh, looking at the nuances of it. I think that the uh, term sheet summarizes uh, where we sit and is a good starting point. So I thank Eric in particular, and both Eric's, as a matter of fact, for putting this together. So thank you. And thank by you. the way, he's an Eric with a K. I'm an Eric with a C. Yes, good point of distinguisher. Excellent. Any other questions or dialogue? Councilmember Soroya. Thank you. Um, so the first question I asked when this project came up was around taxes. I think, you know, we've seen with the the Viking Stadium that our residents don't support paying taxes for stadiums. That's the gist of it. So can you just on the record state that no tax funding will be used for this project? Mr. Mr. Mayor, Councilmember Soraya, the analysis is still taking place, but as I presented to you last week, the current structure would fund 28.5 of that from direct revenue sharing from the baseball team. So as I said last week, their pro forma shows enough revenue that they would be sharing starting in year six to cover any debt financing. Um, I also did mention last week that there's about a $1.5 million gap in those first five years. Uh, we are still discussing on how to close that. There are different options. One of the ones that I did mention last week was the potential of using EDA funds from the sale of the property. Uh, but there are certainly other things where if the council did not want that to be from a city funding source that we can review. So that's where we're at in that analysis. Um, that's still an ongoing process, uh, but that's where we're at today. And overall, it's been a priority throughout this entire uh, project to not go back to the taxpayers for additional uh, funding. Um, we believe there are tools available to us to secure this project. Additional follow-up? Yes. You, so do I understand correctly, you mentioned that there would be an apartment complex that would 
um, have a tax increase. Can you talk a little bit about that? Councilmember Sir, can you explain your the, the, That's what, during the meeting. Increase. So will there be a oh. tax increase to any residents, specifically in Ward 1? Probably like talking about tax abatement on the that's apartment. That's my concern. Yeah, so for the turf field financing, the mechanism that we're looking at is tax abatement, and the it would be a $12 million bond, and there would be about a $1.3 million um, annual debt service to that. And you need about $125 million of value to produce $1.3 million in taxes if all three entities, the school, city, and county are involved. And the developer in our meeting last week has identified approximately 100 million of that in the West District. And so the question is, where do you find an additional $25 million of value to um, pay for that $1.3 million of debt service annually? And one of the options that we've discussed is capturing one of the new apartment buildings, which is not currently on the tax rolls, because, or the building isn't because the value hasn't been fully realized because it just opened. Um, but abating the new property taxes from that building and incorporating that into the district. As I said last week, you could abate any property to value up to that 25 million, but that was one single property. We felt that because it wasn't currently on the tax rolls, you're not taking from existing taxes being collected. So that's the option that we're looking at right now. Councilmember Soroya. Thank you. You mentioned um, something about acquiring people's properties for this project. Could you expand on that? Which property specifically are we seeking? Because um, I think there is some confusion around this, and I did mention this um, to our city attorney last week, um, where I was under the impression that there were individuals that were intending to retire, and that does not seem to be the case. Um, so I would just like to know Whose properties are we seeking for this project and who is going to be impacted? Because this is, again, in Ward 1. These are Ward 1 businesses, and my advocacy is for Ward 1 businesses. Mm -hmm. Director Thorbeck. Mayor Sanders, Councilmember Soroya, um, it is public knowledge based on just the agenda items that we've had close sessions to discuss negotiations on both 2043 105th Avenue and 105550 Radisson. Uh, due to that being currently both of those property under negotiations, I can't go into specifics. Uh, but there are two additional properties. I don't know the, the addresses, but they're basically in the northeast and northwest corners of 105th Avenue or 105th and Nassau. Uh, one of those property owners I've been talking to for quite a while, um, and the other we have not been able to make any contact. So those are the four properties that we are looking at potentially acquiring uh, to advance the project. Councilmember Soroya. Thank you. Um, so your report states that, quote, significant time has been spent over the last six months negotiating various agreements. Can you just name who, which individuals have been at these meetings? Because I, as the Ward 1 Council member, have not been part of these meetings. So I would just like to know who is making these decisions, who has been part of these meetings. Yep. So the four agreements that have been worked on since, I think, approximately April of 2023 uh, were the agreements between the MASC and the NSC, the developer, and the city. And those are the three of the agreements that you considered on October 16th. And then the fourth agreement is, in the, or is the ground lease, which the city isn't a party to. Uh, but representing the city in those discussions were the mayor, Eric Larson, and myself. And then the sports center included Todd Johnson, Neil Ladd, and their attorney, Bill Kretzky. And then 
uh, the developer team with Rob Bader, Corey Burstead, and Aaron Mather, and I think that covers pretty much everybody involved in those discussions. Any other including including um, the board chair for the mask as well, I should inc mm -hmm. mention him. Council Member Soroya. Thank you. Could you just talk um, a little bit about the components of this project? I mean, we've heard about the stadium. Um, I understand there are three apartment buildings that we will be a part of it. Could you talk more about this project? Yep. Mr. Mayor, Council Member Soroya. So in 2022, the council put together a vision. We hired an architect and we worked with our council at that time to put together what the vision was. And it's really an entertainment district to capitalize on all of the tourism activity at the National Sports Center, but then also to cater to our residents and then potentially being a regional draw as well. And so that vision process that we went through as a council and staff uh, in 2022 included things like public space, hotels, restaurants, uh, residential, the potential for office, um, some retail components. And so when the master developer was selected about a year ago, uh, they started to put their paintbrush on the plan. And their plan to date does include many sports-oriented uses in that West District. We mentioned the stadium, food hall, hotel. Uh, there is public parking that is looking to be uh, developed there just to handle the parking needs. Uh, Invictus will stay and be a key part of this. Uh, there's the potential for our office. Uh, the site plan does show three apartment buildings on the east side, I think totaling of approximately 600 units. Uh, one of the agreements that we made with MASK was for four acres of public space or a reciprocal easement on that MASK property. So really a theme of mixed use with um, entertainment, retail, hotel, I mean, office, residential. Any other follow-ups? Um, just for the record, I will not support any additional apartments in Ward 1, so I will be a no on this project. Any other questions or follow-ups? Councilmember Larson. I actually <clears throat> did uh, email Eric earlier today because that was news to me as well about the three apartment buildings on 105th. Um, and the answer that I had gotten from Eric was that that was rezoned in 2022. So um, that's was before you or I. Yeah, Mr. Mayor, Councilmember Larson, just to, just to clarify, when we did that visioning process, we also went through rezoning and comprehensive plan changes for this district. So uh, the rezoning was to the 105th Redevelopment District, so this district does have its own zoning with its set set of regulations, and then the comprehensive plan was amended as well. Um, from the previous industrial use to that mixed use, which does allow for residential and for the commercial components that we're talking about. Thank you, Director Thorvig. Any other questions or follow-up? Councilmember Larson. Since that was done in 2022, uh, were there limitations put on any of that housing, or will any of that come back for us to discuss? Uh, Mr. Mayor, Sheila is still here. <laughs> She's the one that actually drafted that 105th. Um, I, I'll just defer to her on the approval process for anything in that district and then specifically apartment buildings. Um, so I'll just hand it over to Sheila and if there's any blanks I need to fill in, she can, I can do that. Great. Thank you, City Mr. Planner. Mayor. Um, yeah, in the district for the 105th um, redevelopment district, 
Uh, a site plan needs to be approved through Planning Commission and Council, and there are certain uses that are listed as conditional use permit. Um, I'd have to double check to see if apartments are one of them, but the Council and Planning Commission do have to approve those. So most recent example is on 105th and Radisson, Mike Breeze's property. Um, that was in the 105th um, zoning district, and so he went through that process, so it would be similar to that, but it would go through Planning Commission and Council. And Mr. Mayor, I can just mention what uses are. Um, so multifamily residential, including apartments and townhomes, are listed as a permitted use, not a conditional use, along with retail, coffee. Uh, but some of the conditional uses include buildings over 50, height, 50 feet in height, so you may have an apartment building that is more than 50 feet, which would trigger that conditional use. Um, hotel, there's... A through M of conditional uses. And if the council needs a link to this uh, zoning ordinance, I can certainly provide it. Otherwise, it's available on our city webpage. Any other follow-ups or questions? Seeing none, this is a, a truly remarkable project. This is going to be the largest project in the Twin Cities uh, that is going to bring hotels, entertainment experiences, restaurants, food halls, uh, really a heart of this city for our residents. And I'm super excited to work with this council to help deliver something that our residents have been asking for for a really long time. And on top of that, we're going to now have an opportunity to really house and, and provide some additional opportunities for the 7 million sports and recreation visitors that we have every single year in the city of Blaine due to sports and recreation a place for them to spend their dollars and spend their time when they're not competing. Right now, those dollars are leaking, and not just leaking out of the city of Blaine, but out of Anoka County entirely. And they're going to Bloomington. They're going to Rosedale. They're going to Maple Grove. We're losing these dollars like crazy. And so it's time for us to build up a, a sports recreation uh, entertainment district uh, that we can house there. But really, our residents deserve it first and foremost. And being able to deliver this uh, for them is, is something that I'm uh, really proud of and appreciate uh, all of the work that staff, the development team, and uh, everyone is putting into this because it truly will be remarkable and really kind of restore the balance of power almost in, in, the, in the metro area, putting the North Metro really back on the map and saying that we're worth investing in uh, and we're worth uh, your time. So uh, really excited for this project. Councilmember Robertson renews her motion. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? No. Motion prevails. <laughs> Next item on the agenda under administration is 11.2. And we will go to... I'll actually take this. All Mr. right, Mayor. perfect. Thank you, Director Thorvig. So, Mr. Mayor, uh, last week the council approved a... Um, I think it was a financing agreement, or I don't recall the exact title, but it was a, a funding funding agreement for um, with the National Sports Center related to the installation of those turf fields. And one of the components with that was the city providing up to $500,000 um, ahead of the potential bond issuance for work that you are seeing out there occur right now. And what this resolution is, is it's a resolution that allows for the city to be reimbursed for those expenditures if that bond financing is approved. So that up to $500,000 amount can be reimbursed back to the city if the city chooses to issue the 
$12 million in bond financing for the project. So with that, Mr. Mayor, I'll open it up for questions. Thank you very much, Director Thorvig. Members in motion, please. Move it. Moved by Councilmember Newell and second by Councilmember Robertson. Questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? No. That motion prevails. Next item is 11.3, certifying the 2023 delinquent utility accounts. We'll go to Director Zimmerman. Thank you, Mayor and Council. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, as authorized by Minnesota state statutes and the city code, uh, the city council is being asked to consider authorizing the certification of delinquent utility accounts, nuisance abatements, and other special charges to Anoka County for collection with 2024 property taxes. Uh, this, uh, the process protects the city by establishing the unpaid amounts as a lien on related properties, and the certification process, process also serves as the city's collection process. The total amount uh, being requested for certification represents less than 2% of the overall utility charges for the year, with about 85% collected in the subsequent year. Um, and with that, I'll stand for any questions. Thank you, Director Zimmerman. Members in motion on 11-3? Move it. Moved by Councilmember Robertson. Second by Councilmember Masilia. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Agenda item 11.4, we'll go over to our Director of Engineering. Uh, thank you, Mayor and Council. Uh, the Council previously authorized the design and preparation of plans and specifications for the improvements at the intersection of Ulysses Street and 117th Avenue. Uh, that design is proposing uh, to introduce a roundabout at this intersection uh, to provide the best level of service and safety uh, for the traveling public. The proposed improvements require uh, purchasing of right-of-way, as you can see on the map attached in front of you. We are in need of a portion of permanent and temporary easements. And as such, uh, staff and has uh, acquired an appraisal company to uh, perform appraisals on these properties to best define the uh, value of these parcels. As such, uh, this appraisal was done and shared with the property owners on all four quadrants of this intersection. And uh, currently we have come to uh, an agreement with the property owner at 1105 117th, which is the northwest quadrant there. Uh, the value uh, of that appraisal is $108,300. Funding for this project is identified as the city's municipal state age, which includes uh, surveying, design, construction costs, and right-of-way purchasing. So tonight we're asking council by motion to authorize the mayor and city manager to acquire the needed easements for the, from uh, 1105 117th in the amount of $108,300. Um, just as a note, Council, the other three we are close to being done and we'll bring those forward once uh, an agreement has been reached. And with that, I would stand for any questions. Excellent. Thank you, Director Schlender. Uh, members of motion, please. I'll move it. Second. Moved by Councilmember Masolia, second by Councilmember Robertson. Any questions or discussion? Councilmember Masolia. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I just want to thank Dan and staff for uh, working so well with this property owner. Uh, I was happy to see that we were able to move this construction out till after their big event that they have in the spring. So 
Uh, thank you for accommodating that. Really appreciate it. Um, I also, in talking with them, uh, they do want to put up a big lighted sign, not facing the neighborhood, but facing toward the Quick Trip and the Walmart. Um, so I don't think that it would impact uh, the neighborhood there at all, um, but we might need to do a zoning change for that. So just to throw that out there, um, that did come up in my conversation. But uh, thanks thanks so much for uh, working with this uh, property owner to, to get this done in a way that works for everybody. So appreciate it. Any other questions or your dialogue? Seeing and hearing none. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion prevails. Agenda item 11.5, back to our Director of Engineering. Uh, thank you, Mayor and Council. At our July 5th meeting, uh, Council initiated the design, uh, excuse me, initiated the project of 85th Avenue, which is also known as San Bernal Improvement Project, which involves the reconstruction of 85th Avenue from Elm Drive to University Service Drive and a portion of University Service Drive as it goes from San Bernal or 85th to the North Town Ring Road. Um, as you're aware, this is a joint project with the cities of Spring Lake Park and Blaine. Uh, Blaine owns most everything north of the city line, and the city of Spring Lake Park is uh, involved with everything south of that line. Uh, the, the feasibility report in front of you outlines the costs associated with this improvement and what those cost shares look like not only with the city of Spring Lake Park, but with uh, the assessments we'll be proposing on the, the four uh, parcels that are found here in Blaine. Um, this project uh, will come before the city council for a public hearing. This is just a, a presentation of the report and asking council tonight by motion to accept the report and order a uh, public hearing, which is set for um, I believe December 4th. Excellent. Thank you, Director Slender. Members of motion, please. Move it. Moved by Councilmember Newland. Second. Second by Councilmember Robertson. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion prevails. Moving on to 11 6, we'll go to our senior recreation manager. Welcome. Good evening, Mayor, members of the council. Um, back in uh, August, August 21st, I came to you with our, our parks and trails uh, maintenance uh, beginning projects. We had three projects for Trees Edge, Happy Acres, and uh, Meadowbrook Park. Um, at that time, we awarded a bid to T.A. Shifsky for just under $79,000, along with a 15% contingency, which is a little higher than what we normally asked in Park and Rec because we really weren't sure what the soils were like. Well, the soils were worse than what we really thought. Um, after uh, doing the, the uh, projects, uh, we realized that at Meadowbrook and at Happy Acres that uh, they had no or little to no gravel or Class 5 underneath them at all, uh, which is probably why they were some of the worst rated trails off of our trail rating system. Um, and at Meadowbrook, there was a lot of uh, uh, clay, or not clay, but uh, a lot of organic uh, material. Uh, so basically, uh, T.A. Shevsky, who's done some work uh, with uh, engineering in that, was good enough to call us and tell us to come out and take a look at it. We went and looked at it, uh, realized we had to make a, a better base. Um, so if you look at uh, on your screen, 
Um, the first column right there were the 78,971, that was the original bid. The second column with the 83,552 was about 6% of the contingency. Because of the additional uh, amounts that we needed to add it at the bottom, uh, the total came out to 92797 We had $91,000 budgeted, so we're just a little bit over. Um, so what we're asking tonight is to amend the budget. Uh, we do, all of our uh, parks and trails come out of the parks and trails account. We do have excess money um, out of the billboard money, which we uh, had 178000 budgeted, but we actually have additional money. Um, so we're asking tonight to allow us to take $2,000 more to get us to $93,000 to be able to uh, uh, cr uh, finish the job and, and pay T.A. Shifsky. So with that, I'll open up for questions. Thank you very much, Mr. All members, a motion, please. Move it. Moved by Councilmember Newland. Second. Second by Councilmember Masolia. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion prevails. Thank you. Next on the agenda is item 11-7, which is a first reading. We will go to Chief Padani. Thank you, mem members of the council. Um, this, um, we're asking the council to hold the first reading of an ordinance updating our code regarding drug paraphernalia to reflect the new cannabis products law, specifically getting cannabis items out of our code, um, not removing the other provisions. So. And they can expand if you want more detail. That sounds like a great preference there, Chief. I appreciate that. Uh, with that, we will have the clerk give this its first reading. First reading, Ordinance 23-2536, amending Chapter 50, Offenses and Miscellaneous Provision, uh, uh, Possession of Paraphernalia. First reading. Next item on the agenda is Agenda Item 11.8, and we'll go back to our city clerk. Mayor and City Council, uh, this is second reading and uh, potential adoption of the interim ordinance that was introduced at uh, the last council meeting would establish a moratorium that would prohibit um, cannabis businesses in the city to provide um, uh, staff time to make recommendations uh, regarding reasonable restrictions on these businesses regarding time, place, and manner of operation. Um, if an interim ordinance is adopted, it would need to... Um, be lifted um, by January of 2025. Um, staff fully anticipates being able to do that sooner. Um, and it would be in <coughs> conjunction with um, the rule-making process um, that is currently occurring in the Office of Cannabis Management. So with that, I'll stand for questions. Excellent. Thank you very much, Kathy. Members of motion, please. Move it. Moved by Councilmember Newland. Second. Second by Councilmember Larson. Any questions or discussion? Councilmember Larson. I think that this is uh, great that we're discussing this and, and hopefully going down this direction. Uh, you don't have to be the first snowmobile on the lake. And I think we all kind of understand what that means. So seeing what happens in the rest of the state, giving it some extra time, it can't hurt. Thank you. Any other questions or discussion? Councilmember Soroya. Thank you. So at the last meeting in the, during the public forum, we had some community members speak on this issue. Um, and I, I know there were several questions that were raised, but I didn't get any follow-up. So I'm just wondering, um, one of the questions was about a study. So will there be a study that the city is doing? Will there be any cost to the city when we have this moratorium? 
Um, and the other question, if I remember correctly, was um, are we, is this going to impact local businesses who are already in the, in the cannabis business? Is this going to impact them in any way? City Clerk. Mayor, Councilmember Soraya, um, uh, staff uh, will be uh, conducting the study, so they would not, uh, we do not, don't anticipate any outside costs outside of staff time. Um, looking to other cities, um, uh, other examples, League of Minnesota cities, what they're doing as well, that'll factor into the recommendations that we make for a council. And um, it, this uh, moratorium, if adopted, will not uh, impact any current um, or new. Uh, uh, businesses that are doing edible products that is separate from this moratorium so those would be able to continue this would just be any um, new cannabis uh, businesses any other questions or discussion seeing and hearing none all those in favor of that motion please say aye aye, aye. opposed no motion prevails all right if there's no other business i will entertain a motion to adjourn so we can go to eda move it second second moved and seconded all those in favor of adjournment please say aye aye, aye. aye. opposed motion prevails we are adjourned two minutes. two minutes okay we're going to call the eda of november 20 2023 to order and we'll have the clerk take the roll commissioners fleming larson here Masolia? here newland here robertson yep soraya President Sanders. Here. All right, I trust you all took a look at the minutes and I'll accept a motion on approval of the October 16, 2023 minutes. Move it. Moved by Councilmember Newland, second by Councilmember Robertson. Any questions or discussion to those? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of the minutes of October 16, 2023, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion prevails. New business 4.1 will go to Director Thorvig. Thank you, President Sanders and board members. This is uh, an agreement extending an existing MOU that we have with Anoka County Economic Development. Uh, I trust that you've read your packet, so I won't go into a lot of detail, but uh, economic development efforts at the county started in about 2017, and there was a committee that was formed and a study that was completed. And shortly thereafter, in 2019, an MOU was executed by all the cities in Anoka County to advance economic development efforts uh, countywide and that does expire in 2024. And they're requesting an additional year on that MOU. And within that additional year, the hope is, is that we would refresh and update the ideas and goals and everything that we put together almost six years ago now and continue the advancement of uh, Anoka County economic development. I will say that um, it was something that the county needed to do. If you look at what other counties are doing, uh, this effort that we partook in, and I was a key part of that in 2017 um, to get this put together. And a lot of their efforts are around marketing, which are extremely important. I think we're all familiar with the challenges that we have as a North Metro and any marketing efforts that can occur uh, will help us and try to, to attract things that we may be losing to other parts of the metropolitan area. So that's a, a key factor that the county does provide through this initiative, among other things. So uh, the MOU extends that through uh, 2025. And with that, President Sanders, I'll open it up for any questions. Thank you, Director Thorvig. Commissioners, a motion, please. Move it. Moved by Commissioner Newland, second by Commissioner Masoli. Any questions for the director? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion prevails. Next up is 4.2. Director, no, we'll go to finance director. Director Zimmerman, welcome. Is this your first EDA meeting? 
Uh, President, Maybe. I believe it's my All second. Right. Well, welcome. Thank you. Make this one more memorable. I'm just kidding. We'll do my best. <laughs> President and commissioners, uh, the, the resolution before you this evening uh, for your consideration is an interfund loan between the Blaine Economic Development Authority and the City of Blaine. Um, on November 6th, the Blaine City Council approved uh, essentially phase one of, of a project around the National Sports Center to provide $500,000 of funding for engineering and pre preliminary excavation work for the installation of multiple turf fields. Um, as, the, as the project directly benefits the, the EDA, the, the resolution effectively operates as a, a temporary loan um, to provide, provide funding to the city uh, as the city continues to contemplate additional funding for, for the project of uh, the installation of the turf field. So pertinent details uh, regarding the interfund loan include a loan amount up to $500,000. The loan is to be issued at a 0% interest rate. Uh, the loan automatically terminates if the city uh, issues funding uh, for phase two of the, the turf field project. And if the, the city fails to, to issue uh, bonding for phase two of the project by December 31st, 2024, the interfund loan terminates and a transfer is then authorized between the city of, uh, or between the EDA and the city. Um, with that, I will stand for any questions. Thank you, Director Zimmerman. Mem or commissioners, a motion, please. Move it. Moved by Commissioner Robertson, seconded by Commissioner Newland. Any other questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion prevails. Director Thorvig, any other business for the EDA? All right. Uh, seeing none, I'll entertain a motion to adjourn, and then we'll go back into closed session in Cloverleaf. So moved. moved and seconded. All those in favor of adjournment, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion prevails. We are adjourned. All right. We'll see you back.